Our gospel story for this third Sunday in Easter is found in the gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and they thought they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I, myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and he ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Word of God, word of life. Hearing this post-resurrection story, along with the ones that were read on the first two Sundays now of the Easter season, I've started to wonder what it was like for Jesus to encounter such fear and doubt and confusion in the people that he visited after being raised from the dead. They were not strangers to him. They were his own closest friends and followers but all of them had a really hard time recognizing him. Whether it was at the tomb or in a locked room or on that road to Emmaus or now back at a familiar place in Jerusalem, they all failed to see Jesus for who he truly was. So it was up to him to make himself known to them. I think most of us can imagine how hard that was because we have maybe been in situations where we feel like people aren't seeing us for who we are and some of us know too what it's like to have people fear us or judge us based on what they're seeing maybe on the outside and not who we truly are within and then with all of the experiences of of condemnation and closed-mindedness that marks so much of our public discourse today. Many of us, I'm sure, know what it's like to take the risk of showing others who you are, only to be rejected or excluded in hurtful ways. So I'm paying special attention in these stories to the way that Jesus wades into those waters in the Easter season. If he is to be known and recognized he has to find a way to break through all of those barriers so that hearts and minds and eyes can be opened to the truth.
And what I'm seeing in these stories at first surprises me in terms of the reaction. One, one might expect that Jesus would do some kind of miracle to show his friends who he was, something that would impress them, maybe show some of the wisdom, uh, the teaching, the, the gifts that he has from God that are, that are unique and special. At the very least, Jesus could have said, look into my eyes, look at my face. But instead, Jesus says to them, look at my hands and my feet and see that it is I myself. In other words, look at my scars. Look at the part of me that has been wounded, the part of me that has passed through suffering, and then know that I am truly Jesus. It isn't the way we usually present ourselves to others when we want them to know who we are. More often than not, I would say we are inclined to do almost the opposite. In our efforts to show people who we truly are, I think we're much more prone to hide our scars, to disguise our vulnerability. So why does Jesus lead with this invitation to see his scars? My guess is that Jesus wants these followers to recognize him as their true companion and not some otherworldly being who is detached from their real world of suffering and pain and longing and grief. By showing them the scars on his hands and feet, I think Jesus is saying to them, I am the same person who was arrested and mocked and tortured and killed. But here I am with you, with these scars, because my life continued. My life continued on by the grace and the power of God. The response he got from the disciples, as I said, is surprising maybe at first, but in the end, I see it too as an example of something that is just profoundly true in our lives. Luke says that seeing Jesus in this way brought them their first wave of post-resurrection joy. It certainly wasn't joy over what had happened to Jesus. So it had to be the kind of joy that we feel when, when our hearts are truly joined together with others, not in some superficial way, but in a way that, that recognizes and honors our shared humanity. In his book called The Wounded Healer, the late Henry Nouwen says, when we honestly ask ourselves which people in our lives mean the most to us, we often find that it is those who instead of giving advice or solutions or cures, have chosen rather to share our pain and to touch our wounds with a warm and tender hand. Something powerful happens in our lives whenever we dare to acknowledge our vulnerability to one another 
and to show our scars in honest and open ways. Our pretend world dissolves and the reality of our interdependence and our shared experience turns our fearful separation into joyful communion as human beings, as children of God, and as witnesses to the living presence of Jesus Christ in each other. Henry Nouwen goes on to say that a Christian community is a healing community, not because all wounds are cured and pains are alleviated, but because wounds and pains become openings or occasions for a new vision. Our sharing of weakness becomes a mutual deepening of hope, he says, and a reminder to one and all of the coming strength. In truth, of course, we all have scars that we bear just as part of who we are. That's part of our identity. From the ones that are visible sometimes on our bodies to ones that are hidden within us as griefs that never quite heal, wrongs that can never be righted, memories that just can't be erased, hurtful words or betrayals that still seem to have a direct line to our tear ducts or to uh, the knot in our stomach. We can't get through life without scars, inside and outside. And what is true for us as individuals is also part of our collective story. Reflecting on Jesus' choice to show his scars in our gospel story today, a modern disciple said, I resonate with this because it's territory that I recognize, especially after the past 14 months of COVID, social isolation, racial injustice, gun violence, and political strife. Though we are a resurrection people, she said, we are also people in pain. The world around us is still wounded. And the scars we are carrying from this past year will likely last a long time. I agree with her. And that's why I am so thankful that we have an invitation today through the example of Jesus to acknowledge this truth openly and to trust that our shared vulnerability can actually become a mutual deepening of hope and a reminder to one and all of the coming strength that God gives. When Jesus revealed his scars, it wasn't just a statement about the past. I hear it as a bold statement about the present and about the future. I think it was his way of saying to us to here I am with you still, because my life continued on by the grace and by the power of God. And so will yours, I think Jesus is saying to each and every one of us, because your scars are part of who you are, but they are not the end of who you are and the end of your story either. In one of my favorite 
Easter hymns, John Campbell Crum assures us that love will come again like wheat arising green. Even when our hearts are wintry, grieving or in pain, he says, God's love and power will call us back to life again. Even the grave is not strong enough to hold back the life force of God that just pulses through all of creation. So let's hold on to that truth and let's sing it now together. And then let's gather at the table in the joy of Christ's living presence among us. Thanks be to God. Amen.